I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Far-Fetched Fables, part of the District of Wonders Network, featuring Starship Sofa, Tales to Terrify, Crime City Central, and Protecting Project Pulp. Everyone has a story in the District of Wonders. Come and find yours. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, wherever you are listening from, this is Far-Fetched Fables. Welcome to show number 124. I'm your host, Nicola seaton Clark, and this week we bring you First and Last and Always by Thana Niveau, read by Summer Brooks. Thana is a horror and science fiction writer from the US, now living in the UK. She was twice nominated for the British Fantasy Award for her debut short story collection From Hell to Eternity and for her story Death Works on Point and won first place in a Jack the Ripper short story competition in 2010. Her work has appeared in such diverse publications as Interzone, Black Static, Darker Companions, Steampunk Thulu, Zombie Apocalypse Endgame, several volumes each of the Black Book of Horror and Terror Tales series. Her Lovecraftian novella, Not to Touch the Earth, appears in Whispers in the Dark. Her work has been reprinted in the Mammoth Book of Best New Horror, as well as Best British Horror. Our narrator Summer is a bit of a television addict, and enjoys putting her sci-fi media geek skills to good use in interviewing guests as a co-host for Slice of Sci-Fi Podcast and The Babylon Podcast, and as host of Kick-Ass Mystic Ninjas. She is an avid reader and writer of science fiction, fantasy and thrillers, with a handful of publishing credits to her name. Next on her agenda is writing an urban fantasy tale and a B-movie monster extravaganza. She currently designs and maintains websites for clients, in addition to recording voiceover and narrations for Tales to Terrify, Starship Sofa and Escape Pod, amongst others. And now, ladies and gentlemen, first and last and always... By Thana Nivu. Tamsin placed her hands on either side of her phone and gazed intently at the picture of Nicky she had taken the day before. Her heart soared as she said his name aloud. Nicky. The flickering candlelight gave him the illusion of movement, and Tamsin could almost believe she was watching him through a portal seeing him as he was right at this moment. After a few seconds, the picture faded and the screen went dark. She peered into the smooth black surface, focusing on the afterimage. Nikki, in negative, overlaid by the reflection of her eyes and the ghostly glow of a flame. Nikki. When the image behind her eyes finally faded too, she tried to see beyond the scrying glass of the phone screen, into whatever dimension the emptiness might reveal. Past, present, future. She didn't care as long as she saw him. When nothing happened after several minutes, she tapped the screen to wake it up, to reveal the photo again, and repeat the entire process. It was just a quick, candid shot, but she captured the vibrancy of the setting sun. Nicky had been on his way to rehearse with his band, Valhalla, and he was smiling at someone out of frame. His head was turned slightly to one side. She'd shot straight into the sun, 
creating a dramatic lens flare that partially obscured one hazel eye. A lock of black hair fell over his other eye, just reaching his cheekbone. Tamsin tried to visualize herself in the picture with him, her long blonde tresses transformed by the evening light into burnished gold. That was how she liked to imagine she looked to him anyway. Her hair was her best feature. It fell in lustrous waves down her back, and it made her average face a little prettier, gave her the wild, wind-blown look of a gothic heroine. Nikki had complimented her on it one day when she'd had it down, and she'd worn it that way ever since. Hey there, Tamsin, he'd said, hearing the click of her camera phone. His low, sleepy voice turned her knees to water. And his smile. You coming to our show tomorrow night? It was only a half-hour spot at a local student hangout, but to Tamsin it may as well have been a major concert. Of course, she'd said, thrilling to the sound of his voice. It rang in her ears as she cast about for something else to say. Anything to keep him there for another minute. Oh, I saw the video you guys posted on YouTube. He blushed then, shyly lowering his head as though he had anything to be shy about. She'd played the clip endlessly, imagining that every time he looked into the camera, he was looking right at her. Oh, it's just a demo, he said offhandedly. Rob said we should build up a presence online before we send anything to the record companies. Just a demo? It looked completely professional to me. Thanks. Nikki smiled again, and they shared an awkward silence before he glanced at his watch. Well, guess I'd better go. Yeah, she'd said, dying but not daring to take another picture of him. She'd already copied all the ones on his Facebook profile and even printed some of them out. Her favorite one sat in a little gold frame on the nightstand by her bed. His beautiful pale face in close-up his eyes meeting hers every night and every morning. Okay, see you tomorrow then. Yeah, she breathed. See you. The memory of the conversation echoed in her mind as she woke her phone up again and said his name, willing him to hear her in his mind, to acknowledge his true feelings for her. She was dressed and ready for the concert, determined that tonight would be the night. Tonight, he would love her back. But it was not to be. Valhalla played five songs, and Nikki was brilliant, as always. The pub was full of students who cheered as though they were at the Glastonbury Festival. Tamsin stood as close to the stage as she could, but Nikki didn't look her way once. He seemed completely lost in the performance, singing with his eyes closed, oblivious to everything but the music. Someday he would be a big star. Tamsin had no doubt about it. But she had to make sure he was hers before that happened. Once he was famous, he would be hounded by groupies. Girls with tramp stamps and black lipstick. Tamsin was what he needed, what he really wanted. He just didn't know it yet. After the show, he was surrounded by his friends and Tamsin's stomach clenched with jealousy at the sight of all the other girls flocking around him. There was no way she could push her way through the crush of bodies. It was torture to be so close to him, yet unable to reach him. Torture to watch him with all those other girls, none of whom understood him the way Tamsin did. Tears blurred her vision, and she wiped her eyes with the back of her hand, smearing her mascara. She couldn't let him see her like that, so she made herself turn away. As she opened the door of the pub, she glanced back one last time, hoping he would sense her anguish and signal to her to stay. But wishing only made the reality worse. He hadn't noticed her at all. That night, she sat cross-legged on her bed, staring forlornly at an uninspired tarot spread. It was her third attempt. Each time, she had managed to draw cards that told her nothing meaningful or even relevant. The Knight of Cups hadn't appeared in any of the three spreads. Cups represented the world of feelings, 
and the night was the most romantic card of all. But he was nowhere to be seen tonight. Nikki's symbolic absence felt like a sickness, something that would grow and spread until it consumed her and spat out her indigestible heart. She swept the cards away in disgust. Her chest felt tight, as though her insides were trying to shrink away from the pain. If she closed her eyes, she saw his face. Her skin burned for the touch of his hands. Her flatmates had teased her about him, calling him goth boy and other dismissive names. Beth had drawn a cartoon of him as Dracula, and Chrissy had once left a pair of comedy fangs in the bathroom for her to find. Tamsin was sure they didn't mean to be cruel. They just didn't understand. After all, neither of them had a boyfriend either. At least they didn't mock her religion. Beth had got Tamsin a book on witchcraft for her birthday, and she had tried both the love spells in it. They were of the bad poetry and herbs variety, probably inspired more by Harry Potter than any real magic. But she tried them anyway, feeling silly for doing it, and then feeling even sillier when they didn't work. What had she expected? She'd been so sure he would notice her tonight. Her feelings were too intense to be only one-sided. In desperation, she powered up her computer and began searching online for proper love spells. She quickly found a NAF website hawking love spells that totally work, along with amazingly accurate astrological charts and other rubbish that was probably just designed by spammers to harvest your email address if you were gormless enough to provide it for a personalized reading. But there must be other witches online, real witches who knew what they were doing. It was on a forum called Ebook of Shadows that Tamsin finally found what she was looking for. In order to truly love something, you have to make it part of you. The post was by someone called Osprey, and she was relating a story her gran had told her. There was a young girl who lived with her family on a farm. Times were hard, and one year there was a drought. The next year, a flood. The crops were destroyed, and the family was facing ruin. But the girl was in love with a boy from the neighboring village, and she was terrified that her parents would decide to move. If they did, she knew she would never see her true love again. So she cast a spell to bind them to the land. She took a spoon and circled the farmhouse, collecting one scoop of soil for each member of the family. That night, she sprinkled it into the stew her mother made and mixed it well. She said a few words over it and wished very hard for it to work. Her family complained that the food tasted strange, but they ate it all the same. A year passed, and love continued to blossom between the girl and the boy, even as the crops failed yet again. Her family was forced to sell all of the animals, but they insisted on staying with the farm. Friends and neighbors urged them to sell up and move somewhere else, suggesting that the land was cursed. No one could understand their stubborn refusal to stay. No one but the girl, who lamented their poverty, but was comforted by the knowledge that now she could never be parted from her soulmate. Tamsin had no idea if the story was true or not, but she liked to think it was, at least the happy part. She knew she was supposed to be too old to believe in fairy tales, but she couldn't help it. She was a romantic. She wanted to believe that wishes came true, that love conquered all. Most of all, she wanted to believe that there were magic spells that worked. She lay in bed for several hours that night, her mind racing. In order to truly love something, you have to make it part of you. How could she make Nikki a part of her? The girl in the story had bound her family to the land by physically feeding it to them although perhaps she should have tried binding herself to the boy instead. Tamsin had tried so many different love spells over the months, but nothing had worked. Was it because none of the spells had any physical link between her and Nikki? Gazing at his picture and saying his name wasn't getting her anywhere, 
she might as well be clapping to keep Tinkerbell alive. She was always hearing about girls who had date-rape drugs slipped into their drinks. How hard could it be to turn the tables? But the very thought made her feel like a stalker. She didn't want to rape him. All she wanted to do was make him recognize what was already inside him. Surely there was no harm in that. But even as she brainstormed different scenarios, she knew she couldn't spike his drink in a public bar. If he saw her, or worse, if someone else saw her, that would be the end of everything. No, whatever she did had to be done in private. And the only way to do that was to screw up her courage and invite him over for dinner. But what could she feed him? It had to be something she could sneak into the food undetected, but most importantly, it had to be something uniquely hers. Uniquely her. The question obsessed her over the following days. Then, one night, while she was revising for a poetry exam, the answer jumped out at her. It was a line by Thomas Carew. Those curious locks so aptly twined, whose every curl a soul doth bind. Her hair, the thing she prized most about herself, the thing even Nicky had noticed. How could she have overlooked something so obvious? She sat before the mirror, her heart pounding. In the joy of her discovery, she looked radiant, and she brushed her hair slowly, sensuously, as she focused her mind on crafting the perfect spell. She pulled several loose hairs from her brush, wondering how many she would need. But as she looked at them, curled in her palm like a tiny nest, she knew it wasn't right. Those hairs were already dead. She dropped them in the bin and met her eyes in the mirror. Then she carefully selected a strand of hair from the top of her head. She smoothed away the other hairs around it and tugged. It did not come free at once. She had to pull it several times before she yanked it out at the root. The pain was astonishing. It was only a single hair, but it felt like someone had jabbed her scalp with a needle. She cried out as it came free and wasn't surprised to see a tiny drop of blood on the end. Her voice trembled as she whispered, First. With her fingers, she combed through her hair on the left until she isolated another strand. It also proved reluctant to come out, and when it did, it brought with it another drop of blood. And last... She moved to the right for the final strand, taking hold of it firmly and holding her breath. She yanked, hoping it would pull out more easily than the others. But it was the most difficult of all. Only after many painful jerks of her hand did it finally come out. She yelped and had to resist the urge to scratch her scalp, to rub away the burning sensation where the hairs had been plucked. She took a deep breath and laid the three strands side by side on her dressing table. And always, she said, mine. The blood held them together at one end, and Tamsin weighted them down with her phone while she set about plaiting them together. She found herself humming as she did, barely aware of the warm trickle from her scalp until the blood dripped into her eyes. She paid it no mind, her hands completed the task as though guided by external forces. When at last she had a long, thin braid, she wiped the blood from her face and knotted the ends together to form a circle. It would remain unbroken until the right moment. She tucked the charm beneath her pillow to keep it close to her while she slept. She knew it would bring her dreams of Nicky, dreams that were about to come true. In the morning, her pillow was stained with blood. She saw him the next day, chatting with his friend Rob, and she didn't hesitate. She had dressed up for the occasion. Her athletic frame was showcased in her tightest jeans and a lacy purple top. She'd worn a push-up bra and gothed up her makeup. Smudged black eyeliner and blood-red lips, just enough to get his attention. It worked. His face broke into an easy smile as she walked boldly up to him before she could lose her nerve. 
Rob was eyeing her cleavage. I saw your show the other night, she said breezily. It was awesome. Nikki's smile broadened. Hey, thanks. I wasn't sure about that Sisters of Mercy cover. Was it really okay? Rob jumped in before she could answer. Of course it was. I told you. He rolled his eyes at Tamsin, as though compelling her to agree with him. But Nikki was still watching her expectantly, waiting to hear what she thought. She hid her exhilaration and nodded as though she had any business telling him whether something was good or not. I thought it was brilliant, better than the original. His eyes shone with genuine delight, and her heart twisted a little at the thought of him doubting his talent. And before the opportunity could slip away, she said, Do you want to come to mine for dinner tonight? He blinked in surprise, but his smile didn't falter. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw Rob's face fall a little. Nicky glanced at his friend, then back at Tamsin. Sure, he said. Great, I'm making a curry. Hope you like it spicy. She knew full well he did, just as she knew loads of other little things about him that he'd never told her. Just to leave him in no doubt about what was on offer, she added, My flatmates are away for the weekend. He actually blushed. Brilliant, he said. Her heart leapt, and it was all she could do to maintain the casual act. Cool, it's a date. I'll text you my address. What's your number? It was almost too easy. Just like that, the deal was sealed. Well, I've got to get to class, she said. See you tonight. Nikki waved as she trotted away, pretending to be in a hurry. She felt lighter than air. Mine, she thought. She'd skipped the class she'd pretended to be late for and went to Waitrose to buy the poshest ingredients she could find. Then she spent the whole afternoon making the curry. Soon the aroma of coconut milk and chilies permeated the flat and Tamsin left at the simmer while she tidied away the few things Beth and Chrissy had left lying around. She closed the doors to their rooms and opened her own like an invitation. She placed two red candles on the small dining table and set it as though she were entertaining royalty. A bottle of Chardonnay was chilling in the fridge, although she suspected Nikki would prefer beer. Too bad. This was her big night, and it was going to be classy. Choosing what to wear took even more time. Jeans were too casual, but a party dress would look like she was trying too hard. She eventually settled on a flirty red skirt and a black velvet top. She admired herself in the mirror and looked at her watch for the hundredth time. She told him to come at six, and there was still nearly an hour to go. She spent it pacing checking the curry, making minute adjustments to the place settings, straightening the pictures on the wall, and making the bed. With a gasp, she suddenly spotted the framed photo of Nikki by the bedside, and she hurriedly shoved it to the bottom of her underwear drawer. That done, she returned to the curry. She would have to wait until the very last minute to add her secret ingredient. The kitchen smelled heavenly, and she was sure the lethally spicy brew would disguise any odd flavor. But she threw in an extra chili and another splash of ginger wine just to be safe. At ten to six, she put on some music and tried to slow her galloping heart as she waited for Nicky to arrive. He was almost ten minutes late. Tamsin had been just about to text him when she heard the entry phone ring. She took a deep breath and picked it up. Hello? Tamsin, it's me, Nikki. Warmth flooded her face and throat at the sound of his voice. Hang on, I'll buzz you in. She hung up the phone and pressed the button to unlock the downstairs door. Then she ran to the bathroom for a last look at herself in the mirror before racing back. She could hear his boots thumping up the stairs, and she held her breath until he reached the door, opening it before he could knock. To her delight, he had worn her favorite shirt. It was deep, silky black with vivid green pinstripes. He always wore black, but the green brought out the color of his eyes. 
She stilled her trembling hand against the door as she closed it behind him. Smells good, he said. Tamsin smiled, and when he told her she looked nice, she thought she would faint. Want some wine? she just managed to ask. That'd be great, thanks. They sat side by side on the couch for a while, drinking from the chipped goblets Tamsin had found in a pagan shop. Every time he met her eyes, she felt her stomach swoop as though she were falling from a great height. They talked about music, university, films, games, poetry, life. To Tamsin, it seemed they talked for hours. She wanted to drown in his voice. Eventually, the talk turned back to Valhalla, and Tamsin told him again how awesome she thought his songs were. What he said next made her want to pinch herself. I wrote a new song last night. No one's heard it yet. It's just me with no music, and it's really rough, but... Yes, she said before he'd finished. I'd love to hear it. He smiled shyly and lowered his head as he fished his iPod out of his pocket. Tamsin took it from him as though it were a priceless artifact and swapped it for hers in the docking station. She navigated to the track he directed her to, and she sank back on the couch to listen. It was all Nicky, nothing but his voice. It sounded slightly husky and out of tune, but none of that mattered. The song was called Blood Mirror, and he was singing it just for her. His hesitant voice sang about what lay beyond the mirror, what could be seen and what couldn't, black mirror, velvet mirror, a reflection of dreams, of screams, then nothing at all. Tamsin felt the words circling her, seeking to enter her and redefine themselves according to her needs. A mirror revealed things, sometimes hidden things, like feelings. But try as she might, she couldn't make the lyrics fit. The song ended on a line about fangs and a reflection in blood, and she realized that it wasn't about her at all. It was only a song about a vampire. After a lengthy silence, Tamsin opened her eyes. You don't like it. He said it with such dismay that she immediately felt guilty. Oh, no, she assured him. I loved it. I was just imagining how the video would look. She smiled then, picturing Nicky in period clothes, white lace pouring from his cuffs and collar, his razor-sharp cheekbones enhanced by the shadows of the gothic castle he would be prowling as he sang. He would carry a candelabrum, dripping red wax as he leant down over a sleeping maiden, Tamsin, of course, her pale throat exposed and vulnerable. Cool, Nicky said, relaxing. I'm glad you liked it. I just wasn't ready to play it for the guys yet. I'm honored to be the first, Tamsin said and she genuinely meant it. She had recovered from her initial disappointment. It didn't matter anyway. After tonight, all his songs would be about her. Are you hungry? Starving. Good. Put on some music if you want, and I'll get the food. She left him on his own while she went to the kitchen and divided the curry into two bowls. Her hands shook as she removed the plaited coil of hair from where she tucked it inside her bra. She'd wanted to keep it close to her skin until the very last moment. With a pair of scissors, she cut through it once to break the circle and then began snipping carefully along its length, cutting as finely as she could and sprinkling the tiny bits into Nikki's bowl. The pieces vanished into the liquid where she hoped they would be undetectable. She put the bowls on a serving tray with a dish of jasmine rice and carried it into him. Her hands were shaking, but she managed not to spill anything. It seemed like a good omen. Here we go, she said. I hope you like it. And she could see that he did. He closed his eyes in bliss at the first bite and made appreciative noises throughout the meal. She first sensed the spell was working when she caught him watching her as she refilled their wine glasses. When she looked up at him, he averted his eyes, and she heard his spoon scrape the bottom of his bowl. As a test, she gathered her hair in her hands and piled it on top of her head as though it were suddenly too hot to wear down. 
Instantly, Nikki's eyes flicked back up to her, and he stared openly as she twisted her hair into a loose knot, only to let it fall again. It spilled over her shoulders like molten gold. Nikki didn't blink. Still hungry? Tamsin asked, nodding towards his empty bowl. He slowly rose to his feet, shaking his head. He didn't take his eyes off her. She woke several hours later in a tangle of limbs, her hair spilling coolly over her naked skin. Late afternoon light was painting the room orange, and she opened her eyes to look at Nicky. He was still deeply asleep. In his bliss, he looked like a dark angel. She tried to turn her head, but found she couldn't. Locks of her hair were wound tightly around both his hands, as though she were his lifeline. Tamsin usually plaited her hair before bed, but last night she had left it loose and wild for him. Tears welled in her eyes as she replayed the night's countless pleasures. Kisses and caresses, skin on skin, a blur of passion. Her dream come true. She didn't want to leave him, but nature was calling, and it took some maneuvering to finally slip out of his grasp. She took the opportunity to clean her face and brush her teeth, not wanting him to wake up and see her with panda eyes. How he had loved her hair. She could still see the otherworldly shine in his eyes as he gazed at it in the firelight. His fingers had stroked it reverently, combing through the glorious waves and clutching handfuls of it as he made love to her. Beautiful, he'd said over and over like someone in love. She sighed as she gazed at the girl in the mirror. Her skin was flushed, her eyes dreamy, a girl fulfilled. Her scalp tingled pleasantly as she ran a brush through her tangled curls, each stroke hissing and popping with static. She dropped the loose hairs into the bin and stared down at them, remembering the spell she had cast. It had worked. She was a part of him now, forever. Tamsin? The sound of his voice made her jump, and she shook herself out of her reverie. When she emerged from the bathroom, she saw him standing before the window, his body silhouetted against the autumn light. I'm here, she said, curling into his embrace. He kissed her head and then held her face between his palms, staring at her as though unable to believe she was real. Last night was incredible. Tamsin sighed as she let the words wash over her. There couldn't possibly be another person anywhere in the world as happy as she was at this moment. I have to see you again. I'm yours, she said, her voice catching. Mine, he whispered, sounding bewildered. He repeated it with more conviction. Mine. Then he clutched her tightly and pressed his lips to hers so hard it hurt. He hadn't wanted to leave, and she hadn't wanted to let him go. But they both had classes that evening, and frankly, Tamsin needed some time to recover from his attentions. She hadn't counted on him being such a violently passionate lover. Her insides burned with a deep, dull ache, and she wasn't at all surprised to find bruises on her inner thighs. Even her face felt bruised from his kisses. At times it had felt as though he were trying to force his entire body inside her, to devour her. When she'd finally persuaded him to get dressed and follow her to the door, his eyes had shone with such fervor as he said goodbye that it became uncomfortable. She'd had to look away as she promised him she'd see him again later that night. Tamsin found it difficult to concentrate. Not even her favorite professor could distract her from the strange disquiet. She was thrilled that the spell had worked and the night had been truly magical. But Nikki's intensity was a little unnerving. There was something alien in the way he had looked at her as she'd shut the door that morning. After he left, she'd gone to the window and was further unsettled to see him standing across the street, staring intently up at the building his face a blank, pale oval. Not seeing her, but searching. But then she shook off her misgivings. 
Of course he was bound to be acting a little weird. She'd bewitched him. She hoped he wasn't wondering too much at his newfound feelings. It should have felt like coming home. But perhaps it would take a little time for it all to sink in. Until then, she would have to be patient. She glanced down at her notebook and saw that she hadn't written a single word. Professor Canning was talking animatedly about Walt Whitman, but Tamsin hadn't taken in a thing. With a sigh, she closed her book, gathered her things, and slipped out at the first opportunity. Her legs ached as though she'd overexerted herself at the gym, and she grimaced as she made her way down the corridor. She pushed open the front door of the building and was dazzled for a moment by the glare of the streetlights. The nights were getting longer, and the darkness only reminded her how tired she was. She'd barely had any sleep the night before. Nikki had seemed inexhaustible. Despite her pain and weariness, Tamsin felt a smile tugging the corners of her mouth as she recalled the past few hours. She knew that Valhalla had another gig at the end of the month, and she dreamily imagined Nikki coiled around the microphone, his silky voice singing words he'd written for her, about her. She knew Rob didn't like her, and the others would probably side with him in thinking she was breaking up the band. But Nikki was better than all of them put together. He could make it on his own if he had to, with Tamsin as his partner in Muse. As she made her way home, she became aware of a soft crunching behind her, the sound of someone treading through dry leaves. A chill slithered up her back as she realized she was being followed. She braced herself for a confrontation and then whirled round. Hey, creep. But it was only Nikki. Her surprise gave way to delight, but her smile melted as soon as she saw his face. His eyes blazed, red and bloodshot. Nikki, are you okay? I love you, he said immediately. His wild expression dampened the joy she should have felt. But why didn't you say anything before? Why were you following me? He frowned. I love you, he repeated, as if that explained it all. I love you too. The words came naturally to her. She'd said them hundreds of times on her own, but she said them now out of obligation and a sense of, yes, fear. There was something dangerous in his eyes, something akin to religious mania. He took a step towards her, and she flinched at his outstretched hand. But then a look of puzzlement crossed his features, and she softened. She took his hand and kissed it, trying to remind herself that this was Nikki Renwick, the boy she had loved from afar ever since starting university, the boy she had now charmed into loving her back. He shuddered as her lips touched his hand and he moved closer, winding his arms around her. He pressed his face into her hair and moaned softly. Nikki, no, she said, trying to disentangle herself from him. I was just going home to try to get some sleep. We could sleep together, he offered immediately, still stroking her hair. She forced a laugh. I'm not sure we'd get much sleep. She cast about for more excuses. Look, I need to do some major revision anyway. Why don't you come over tomorrow? He blinked at her slowly. Tomorrow? Yes. I'm really sorry, but I'm totally knackered after last night. Hey, why don't you try to write a new song? Then you can play it for me tomorrow night. Her words seemed to be causing him physical pain. His eyes glistened with tears at the rejection, although they widened slightly at the suggestion of a song. Tamsin, he murmured, as though tasting her name. Yes, I'll write another song about you. She heard the words in spite of her desire to get away from him. Her heart flickered with excitement even as she found the idea unsettling. Another song about her? When had he had time to write the first one? This afternoon, he said, answering her unspoken question. While you were in your lecture, I watched you through the window.
The skin on the back of her neck prickled. He sat outside, watching her, composing a song about her. And then he'd followed her. How long would he have kept it up if she hadn't heard him and turned around? She forced another smile. Nikki, that's really sweet, and I can't wait to hear it. But let's wait until tomorrow, okay? I really have to do some work. For a moment, he looked as though he wasn't going to accept her request. But then he nodded slowly and took a step back. Okay, was all he said. The silence stretched between them for an awkward minute before Tamsin finally said, Right then, I'll see you tomorrow. She waited for him to say something, and when he didn't, she turned and walked away. She could feel his eyes on her the whole time, burning through her. It was all she could do not to glance back. But she didn't need to. She knew he was still watching her. She felt flooded with relief when she finally reached the flat. She closed the door behind her and flopped into a chair, exhausted by the strange encounter. Clearly the spell had been too strong, but was there a way to moderate it? She hadn't imagined it would be like this. Still, she was hopeful that it would mellow. She was too wound up to sleep, so she dropped her books on the dining table with the honest intention of trying to do some work. But it was useless. She couldn't concentrate. The dishes from last night seemed to mock her, and the candles had dripped onto the tablecloth to form a waxy bloodstain that reminded her of the hair she had plucked. Suddenly the flat felt close and stuffy, and she pushed her chair away and went to the window. She jerked the curtains open and was about to open the sash when she noticed a figure standing by the streetlight. Nikki. He was staring up at the building the way he had been earlier. Only this time he saw her. He raised one hand and waved faintly, but Tamsin couldn't bring herself to return it. She was starting to get seriously creeped out. She closed the curtains and edged away from the window. Maybe she should go back to the forum and see if anyone there had any ideas. She had just booted up her computer when she heard the thumping. As she made her way past the kitchen, she realized with a sense of dread that she'd heard the sound before. It was the sound Nikki's boots had made on the stairs last night, as he came up. Either she hadn't closed the outer door properly, or someone else had left it open. She braced herself, expecting him to knock, but all she heard was a soft scratching. The sound unnerved her more than any dramatic pounding could have done. Tears filled her eyes at the thought of him standing there, too hooked on her to be able to leave her alone, reduced to scratching plaintively at her door like an abandoned puppy. Nikki, she called, trying to keep her voice steady. Go home, okay? Please? I've got a lot of work to do. Why don't you come back in the morning? He was silent for a moment. Then she heard a ragged sob. Tamsin, he said, his voice choked with tears. Her heart burned with shame and pity, and she couldn't bear the thought of the pain she was causing him by leaving him out there. It was her fault he was lovesick and desperate. What was that old saying about being responsible forever for someone whose life you'd saved? Surely the same applied to someone you'd bewitched. He was her responsibility now. With a heavy heart, she turned the lock and opened the door. He flew into her arms, burrowing his hands into her hair as he whispered fervently that he loved her, he loved her, he loved her. I love you too, she said helplessly, all the time wondering what the hell she was going to do. He pulled away to gaze at her face. You're so beautiful. Last night it had thrilled her. Now it made her skin crawl. She pushed him away gently. I have to use the loo, she said. His blank expression betrayed no understanding, but at least he didn't try to force his way in after her. She splashed water on her face and stared at her haggard reflection. She suddenly looked ten years older. 
Maybe Beth or Chrissy had some sleeping tablets. She could knock him out while she figured out what to do. But a search of the medicine cabinet revealed nothing but an empty packet of birth control pills. With a sigh, she dropped the box into the bin below the sink. Then she glanced down at it. Something wasn't right. It took her a minute to realize what was missing. The loose hair she dropped into it that morning was gone. With a sinking feeling in her gut, she suddenly understood what had gone wrong. But she didn't have time to berate herself for her foolishness before the door crashed open, and she cried out as she saw the look in Nikki's eyes. It was the stare of a starving animal, crazed with hunger. I love you, he said softly, his eyes fixed on her hair. He took a step forwards, closing the space between them. Tamsin immediately backed away. Confusion flickered in his eyes for a second, and then he moved forwards again and reached out for her before she could move. She shuddered as his hand settled on her hair, and then he was winding it around his hand, pulling it hard. Stop it, she yelped, flailing at his hand. Let me go. He didn't seem to hear her. He continued to wind her hair around his fist, pushing her down onto the cold tiles as he did so. She screamed when the hair at last tore free from her scalp. Blood poured hot and wet over her face and into her eyes, blinding her. All at once, she couldn't breathe. She struggled frantically, her hands flailing against the side of the bathtub, feeling for anything she might use as a weapon. From somewhere behind her came a terrible sound, a wet munching. Sickness rose in her throat, and she crawled away, slipping in the pool of blood as she felt for the open doorway. She only got a few feet before she felt his hands in her hair again. The world went black with pain as he wrenched another fistful from her head. The last thing she ever heard was his voice. Between hungry mouthfuls, he whispered, Beautiful. Thana has this to say of her story. She says, When John Oliver asked me to contribute to Magic, an Anthology of the Esoteric and Arcane, I knew right away I wanted to write about a love spell gone wrong, and I had this idea about hair. I almost always have music playing when I write, and most of the time it's film scores. Different stories have different musical landscapes, but nothing seemed to fit this one at all. I'm rarely able to play music with lyrics when I'm writing because I find the words too distracting, but in this case, I found myself drawn back to all the gloomy, gothy music I loved when I was Tamsin's age. So it was lots of The Cure, Susie and the Banshees, etc. The story didn't have a title until iTunes rolled around to a certain Sisters of Mercy song. It felt like the perfect incantation for Tamsin to use. Well, thank you, Thana and Summer, for a thoroughly enjoyable tale. If you'd like to share your thoughts on this or any of our stories, you can leave your comments on the Triple F website, our Facebook page, or on Twitter. We love hearing from our listeners, and we want to know your thoughts on our content. Please consider visiting the District of Wonders Patreon page and making a donation. Every little bit helps us to keep the lights on and the file servers humming down there in the dungeons. Please remember also that Farfetched Fables operates under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. No derivatives 3.0 license, which means you can download the content and share it all you like, but you can't change it and you can't sell it. And please be sure to give credit where that credit is due. All other copyright remains that of the authors, and violators will have someone fall in love with them. As always, my eternal thanks go to Gary Dowell, my esteemed editor, Mark Zanfardino, audio engineer extraordinaire, and everyone at the District of Wonders for their support and enthusiasm. Without you guys, far-fetched fables really would be naught but a crazy lady talking to herself in a small room. I'm going to get out of the small room right now into the big wide world and go and enjoy the last of my summer sunshine. I'll see you all next week. Bye now. This presentation has been brought to you by the District of Wonders Network, dedicated to podcasting the finest genre fiction. You can learn more about the District of Wonders and their many literary productions at their website, www.districtofwonders.com. Thank you for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.